so that's how they used to do it, you know? <laughs> and, and I really like that because, you know, it's all about not being happy. It's all about suffering. It's all about just being in that place in your life where you can't figure out the next step. So I'm going to talk about being happy today. I'm going to talk about, you know, finding happiness in all the right places. Now, a wise man once said, the only way a human being is going to be happy is to be stupid, self-centered, and in good health. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't even work if you're just self-centered and in good health. You need to be stupid, too. <laughs> but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think we can be smart, intelligent, clear, and wise, and still be happy. But if we're out there looking for happiness, more than likely we're not going to find it. We need to prepare ourselves for happiness. We need to be ready to accept happiness when it arises in the world around us. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, how to prepare for happiness. Now, the first thing we need to do is we need to have a moral foundation because happiness is fleeting if it's based on immorality. And we want our happiness to hang around, stay around as long as it can. So in finding our happiness, in preparing to find it, as a Buddhist, I would recommend taking the five precepts. The five precepts allow us to live in the world in a harmonious way, to live next to each other, with each other. And... I have the five precepts song. I'll sing it for you really quickly. So you can hear the five precepts of a Buddhist, or if you want to expand that, just the five precepts of a human being trying to be a little better in this world. And it sort of goes like this. I will practice not to take life. Practice not to take life. Practice not to take life, I will practice every day. I will practice not to take stuff. Practice not to take stuff. Practice not to take stuff, I will practice every day. I will practice loving kindness. Practice loving kindness. Practice loving kindness, I will practice every day. I will practice not to tell lies, practice not to tell lies, practice not to tell lies, I will practice every day. I will practice not to get high, practice not to get high. Practice not to get high, I will practice every day. Now that last one's a tough one, it always elicits a response, and I was speaking at a, a Buddhist temple in Orange County, we had some 14 and 15 year olds listening to that song. And one of the guys said, can we practice that fifth one, not getting high on Wednesday, and not do it on Friday? <laughs> so it's a tough one. But that's how we start to find our happiness, by practicing to speak skillfully and act skillfully in this world of ours. Now, somebody once said that maybe the purpose of life, 
maybe the meaning of life is nothing more than finding happiness. And you know what? As I thought about it, I agree. I think the whole meaning of our life could simply be nothing more than finding happiness. But there's a little twist to this. It's not about your happiness, you know? And so I'm going to continue. So as we start to practice the five precepts, and that changes what we say and what we do, then we can start practicing loving-kindness meditation. Now, loving-kindness meditation is very important in Buddhism. And the word love is rarely out there all by itself. It seems to be connected to kindness in every way. If you love somebody really and aren't kind to them, do you really love them? Probably not. So love and kindness. And I'm going to share with you the loving-kindness meditation, and I can email it here if you want to practice yourself. It's great to practice early in the morning when you get up, before you start your day, and it's great to practice at night before you go to sleep because then you'll have good dreams. And there's nothing better than good dreams. Just go to the movie Inception and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Loving kindness. May I be happy, peaceful, and free from suffering. May no harm come to me. May no difficulties come to me. May no problems come to me. May I always find fulfillment. May I also have patience, courage, understanding, and determination to meet and overcome the inevitable difficulties, problems, and failures in life. So I'm starting with me. May I be happy. May I prepare myself to receive happiness from this world of ours. And after I've worked on myself, then I need to work on everybody else. May my parents, my partners, my pets, my brothers and sisters, my relatives, all the people I don't know. How many people don't you know? <laughs> like six billion? All the people I don't know and all the people I don't like. May they too be happy, peaceful, and free. From suffering. May no harm come to them. May no difficulties come to them. May no problems come to them. May they always find fulfillment. May they also have patience, courage, understanding, and determination to meet and overcome the inevitable difficulties, problems, and failures in life. Now you might think we're through, but we're not. We've got one more category to go. All the sort of unseen creatures that we don't know about or don't care about. May all beings arisen in this world with consciousness and without. With perception and without. With intention and without. May they too be happy, peaceful, and free from suffering. May no harm come to them. May no difficulties come to them. May no problems come to them. May they always find fulfillment. May they also have patience, courage, understanding, and determination to meet and overcome the inevitable difficulties, problems.
problems and failures in life. Okay, now you're ready for the day. You've gotten up, maybe had your first cup of coffee, maybe not. You've gone through the intention of being loving and kind to all these things in the world, and now you're going to go outside and see if it really works. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. You know, happiness is sort of a tricky thing. People go places to be happy. People do things to be happy. People think the external is going to create happiness in the internal. And I don't think it really does. I've gone to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm not necessarily happy because of that. I've looked into the faces of the park workers who were there for eight, ten hours <laughs> dealing with people like me. I don't see happiness. So sometimes wanting happiness and doing something out there doesn't provide us in here with that happiness. So maybe happiness is internal. Maybe it's up to us. Maybe we're in charge of our happiness. Maybe no one or no thing can give it to us because we already have it. It's in place. We just need to stimulate it. It might have atrophied because of lack of use. But happiness is there. And so this intention, the intention to be kind and loving to all the creatures and things in the world, and we go off into the world, and now we need to transform that intention into activity, and I call that the activity of compassion. So I don't think compassion is just feeling good about yourself because you want to do good things in the world. I think compassion is when you do good things in the world. And what does that do for you? It allows you to be happy. Happiness, true happiness, not the momentary happiness, not the iPod or iPad happiness, but the true happiness in the world <laughs> occurs because we have invested ourselves in making the world a better place. Now, you don't have to work with humans. There are all sorts of, like, I'm going to give you an example of how I'm practicing and how my happiness is created every day. And you may not think that's the case when you hear this story, but it seems to be. We have a dog at our meditation center. His name is Mitch, and Somehow, years ago, Mitch came to our meditation center and never left. We started to feed Mitch, and Mitch liked that. We opened the gate, and Mitch came in, and he never wanted to go outside the gate ever again. And, and he stayed in the backyard, and we had other dogs, and he bonded with the other dogs. And now we have cats, and he's bonding with the cats, and they all like Mitch. But you know what's happening to Mitch? Mitch is getting old. And isn't that just the paradox of pet ownership? They don't last long enough. We can go through four, five, six pets in our lifetime. And every time we're so happy when the little puppies and kittens come into our life, and we're so sad when the, when the elder cats and dogs leave. So Mitch is an elder dog, and he's almost blind. <coughs> Pardon me as I feel my kindness for him. And almost deaf. And Mitch, for the last two years, has been living in my room. 
Now, I just live in a small room, and Mitch loves it there because I get to walk over Mitch all the time. <laughs> and Mitch looks up, and he knows he's loved because I'm walking over him. A couple months ago, Mitch couldn't walk down the stairs anymore. My room's on the second floor. So, so Mitch is about 70 pounds. Now, Andy remarked today when he saw me, he says, something's different about you, Kusla. He says, you look like you've lost a little weight. I said, yes. I take care of Mitch. <laughs> so five or six times a day, I pick Mitch up, take him downstairs, let him walk around in the yard, and then I bring him back up again until it's time to take him back down again. And I want to tell you, the first couple weeks was tough because Mitch likes to get up about five. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if you can imagine what the very first thing you do in the morning at five o'clock is carry a 70-pound dog down the stairs. So I thought about heart attack, stroke. <laughs> Will this be the way I exit the universe, you know? But rather than getting a stroke or a heart attack, I got stronger. I lost a little weight. Mitch and I bonded even more. And Mitch just rests there in my arms as we walk down the stairs together, and he's looking around, and, and he's doing fine. I fed him today, and I walked him today, and he's now taking a little nap until I get back, and I'll be taking him downstairs one more time, you know? But in doing that, in being kind, and being of service to another creature in this world, there's a certain sense of happiness that arises in my life. Not because I'm a good person, but simply because Mitch feels better because of what I do. And his happiness translates into my happiness.